do this thing. Podcast time again. Episode three. Three. Yeah. Episode three. And then we're finally gonna do the origin stories for episode three. I realized my mic so far away. I think this will be better now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ola, we decided, you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about how we got here, so that people who are listening in understand where we're coming from with some of these perspectives or ideas or opinions or whatever it may be. So we figured this is a good time for us to dive in a little bit about our background. Yeah, it's always nice to do some character development, origin stories, you know. And that's that's the point of this this episode. So we're gonna talk about our career so far, you know, and how we got here, and yeah, what, what we're up to, I guess, nowadays, so people can have a understanding of you know who you are. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, I can go first. I work as an ABM manager at a SaaS company. And I didn't get there through like a traditional path. Actually, I had to take a few lefts, take a few rights in order to get there. It's been a windy road so far, but yeah, I guess I'll tell you the story of that. I actually, when I originally got to Canada, I was studying mechanical engineering, and I graduated with that degree. But at the before that, just before graduation, like maybe a semester before, I started getting really interested in entrepreneurship. Um, and that's actually what put me down this road. So I took an elective with one of the professors at, at the university that I went to, and it honestly changed the trajectory of like my career. I thought that I was going to finish up and probably go end up in the oil sands or something like that. All of the work terms that I'd done so far, I've been in the oil sands and like or something to do with the oil oh. and gas business. You know how big it is in Newfoundland. Oh like, yeah, oil and gas is was the main thing. And I remember actually even before I left and got to Newfoundland. Everybody at home was so excited. He's like, oh, he's going to go be a petroleum engineer. <laughs> that's where the money is, all the money. Yeah, so like, and as you know, it like was. coming from back home, that's where it's like, this is, that's the the dream. It's basically yeah. you, you get over here, you study, you become a petroleum engineer, you start raking it in, and your life is pretty much guaranteed. But funny enough, my last elective, or not my last elective, sorry, my last work term, I was working at this company, I won't name it, but I was working at the company, uh, like one of the companies in the oil sands, and I had a meeting with one of the VPs. So this is a pretty big deal. Like maybe not so much in like a tech company where it's smaller. Mm-hmm. You can you could probably meet the VP like just walking down the hall or whatever. But at oil and gas, there's like true hierarchy in that like you you never see any of these. The the most you might interact with is maybe a director level person, but like the VP C suite you yeah. never see them. They're like traveling by helicopter or whatever so i somehow got a meeting booked like through my manager with with them and um the vp was starting to tell me about like all of the benefits of working for this company long term like what that would look like and one of the things that they were saying is that you know when we hire somebody new we want to invest in them really long term like we expecting them to have like a 30-year career here we set them up really nicely. Like all of you new grads are like a million dollar investment mm-hmm. on our part. So like we expect that, you know, that return from that investment. Oh. And they did have like a lot of perks. I remember that being like something that was really attractive. They're like, yeah, we'll get you a house in Fort McMurray. Like you, it would be completely like the down payment, all of that would be paid for. You would just be responsible for the mortgage. And then um, after, was it? you had like a clause for like five years where if you left within five years, you just have to pay back the down payment and all of this kind of stuff. So like they had all these incentives to try and get you to stay. But that I was stuck, like <laughs> everything else she was saying was basically just in the background after she said 30 year career, this is gonna be your life. Wow. And looking down the road and seeing like my whole life laid out, it was just not, just not me, man. It actually scared me quite a bit. Whereas for, you know, the more secure, security-oriented people, they probably prefer something like that, where, you know, you know, I've got my security, I can just, like, live out this career, it's already been planned, it's been done by people. But for me, I found that was really restrictive, and having only done engineering for a few work terms and, like, all of the academic terms, I wasn't sure I was ready to commit to something like that. So that's I, so I tell you that story to say like why I was in the mindset of like going into an elective for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to change it up and to learn something new before I was out of university. So it was one of the first times that that was offered, actually. 
at the university, which was really interesting. It was like an experiment almost. It was the time where there was not much innovation on the rock. That's what they call Newfoundland. But <laughs> for those of you who don't know, there wasn't a whole lot of innovation. Everything was oil and gas, like we mentioned before. So they had this um, idea that maybe if they started teaching entrepreneurship classes, they could bring kind of like the, the uh, like a mini Silicon Valley over there as well, just by fostering a, an environment for that kind of thing. I got a funny story for that. Yeah? Oh, man, tell it, tell it. Uh, that entrepreneurship stuff, yeah. I was part of the founding group. Uh, you were, you're involved in that initial initiative? Yeah. yeah so, you're, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They were like, like, we need to... I, it was like an Avengers kind of thing. Like, yeah. literally, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll tell you I'll, in, when I get to my part. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so these stories are going to overlap, and you'll notice that. Um, so, anyway, so I'm in the mindset. I need to, you know, get into entrepreneurship. I took this course. Then I started learning all these things about like what it's, what it's like to create a business plan, what it's like to um, get investors to be interested in the business, mm -hmm. what it's like to get those first sales so you can prove the concept, um, understand if, you, if your business has like legs by doing things like you know total uh, addressable market analysis, things like that. So very practical. And towards the end of it, they wanted us to pitch an idea at, at the end of the, of the term. So I'd learned all these skills. We had done it in, in a bunch of smaller projects, and now it's like time for a big project. Mm. Um, and I was partnered with a couple of my classmates, other other people who were doing mechanical engineering as well. And we had come up with this idea to to develop a, a synthetic skin to essentially help um, doctors or like medical students to practice suturing skills on it. Oh, so wow. we made it out of silicone, different. Um, densities of silicone were all put together on top of each other to mimic the different areas oh, or different um, thick, thickness areas. What am I even saying? The, the layers. That's the word yeah. I was missing. The layers of the skin. So we created that and people loved it. Like we took it to Manmed and we started yeah. to like just show different students it and they were like, ah, oh, this is great. Like, yeah, I, I would be interested in using something like this rather than like the banana or like an orange peel, which is what they typically would use. So we had a product and it was kind of interesting and people were interested in it. So we were like, okay, let's, let's build our project around this. So we did. And then around the same time, Mel Woodward um, decided to sponsor this initiative that was going on with all of the entrepreneurship that mm -hmm. was happening at MUN. And they created something called the Mel Woodward Cup. And Mel Woodward like, um, a, a, was a big business person uh, mm -hmm. based in Newfoundland and Labrador and his family is is balling because of it like they own a bunch of businesses like they have a helicopter business i'm pretty sure but anyways they're rolling in it is what you need to know and they decided they were going to sponsor this because they wanted to see innovation happen at the used rock. to be called the pitches and pitchers event exactly it's that exact same thing so yeah. i think they followed even the exact same format likely yeah they um, just became a sponsor so they sponsored it and became the mo woodward cup yeah okay gotcha so i'm learning history myself here <laughs> And so when they sponsored it, there was prize money to be won. And that's when like a switch happened in my head where I was like, wow, your ideas can be worth something. So we entered the pitch competition with our idea and a, a couple of other classmates, they did a couple projects actually. One, funny enough, one of the, like we were the first group to go with the Mel Woodward Cup when it was called in. Okay. One of the other competitors was Colab. So oh, yeah, wow. which is really interesting. And that's like classmates, classmates yeah. of mine. Um, and so they were in the entrepreneurship group as well. It was myself and like my my team, and then like a, another team as well that won. Um, and I can't can't remember who the third group was, but anyhow, is it Peachy? You like Chrissy? Yeah, it was yeah. Peachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Chrissy. It was Peachy. So she pitched that as well, and we won. We won the competition, which was again reaffirmation that you know. Entrepreneurship is a real thing. People will pay you for your ideas. People want to invest in you, yeah. and you can go down this road. So that took me down a road of trying to build a business. So I started to try and work on this company for a little while with my team. Um, after a while, we realized that we couldn't actually turn it into a business for a bunch of reasons that would, like they would warrant an episode in themselves if you want to break them all down. But essentially, after six months of trying and like using that, some of that money to get some traction, we realized that it wasn't really a sustainable thing. But the whole time I was doing that for the six months, you know, I'm working at the coffee shop on the side, working on this for six months. Mm -hmm. I'm learning all these marketing skills. Cause like I elected to do the marketing side, mm -hmm. like be in charge of revenue essentially. 
and that forced me to learn you know advertising online digital advertising basics so things like SEM advertising like on Google and whatever so I'm learning this and my prof is acting like a mentor at the time and then he actually joins uh, a startup at, in St. John's I won't mention that one is as well just you know for I don't know anonymity I guess yeah um, so I joined that startup as well because like he was saying you know you're learning all these skills um, you're saying you're gonna fold on the business, but like those skills are still valuable. Like come work at this other startup. Oh, cool! And I was employee number twenty at that point, so like true startup vibes, yeah. though, which was really great for me because it acted as a bit of like an incubator. I could mm. grow with the company as it was growing. Everybody was learning. Everybody was new to it, so it, it didn't feel out of place to not know what you're doing and yeah. be like learning as you're going, driving the car as you're like putting the tires on, essentially that yeah. kind of thing. So. Dove right into the world of marketing, learned digital. The uh, startup term is staring into into the abyss while chewing on glass. That's that's what <laughs> we were doing, man. We're doing a bunch of chewing or jumping <laughs> off the uh, the plane uh, while building the parachute. We, exactly. That's actually what it felt like yeah. a lot of the time, especially because I felt like an, I abandoned a pretty solid path. Yep. And I was like, I'm just going to hop into the abyss. Actually, this is still, man, I'll, I'll tell the story another time when we talk about travel. Yeah. But I, I remember a specific moment where like, it felt like I was looking out into the abyss and it was, yeah, remind me to talk about this when we talk about travel. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I dove head first and it started to work out. I, I learned that, that one channel, Google AdWords first, then I started learning all these other channels that supported because AdWords is good for capturing intent, but then you start to learn about how do you create that intent, yeah. and then how do you create that intent for less money. So all of these are just introduce you to new channels. So like creating intent was maybe some Facebook advertising. Hmm. How you create intent for less money would maybe be an SEO play, yeah. and then that brings you into the world of content and things like that. So very slowly, I just like built my skill set on different channels, and yeah, I, I just grew within the company. Then like maybe two years later, I left. Uh, I decided I was going to move out west, actually. Um, and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, but just before the pandemic. So oh. work from home wasn't a real thing. And I wanted to be able to move out here and work from home. Yeah. But they were like, how can we have one person be out there, the 60 people who still work at the company, like in the office, you'd be felt like you'd be disconnected. Yeah. And then, so I had said, okay, you know what? Like I, I'm set on this plan, I'm moving out west mm -hmm. so I guess this means my resignation and they're like all right I guess we, you're resigning so I gave them tons of notice and then <laughs> funny enough everybody started working from home like the month after oh my god and everybody was forced to actually just learn how to do that yeah and productivity didn't even fall in some cases it was even better because people weren't commuting from you know out, out, outside the city and stuff like that but by then it was kind of too late and I think there was you know a bit of friction there as well because I had decided to move yeah and all this kind of stuff so anyways, it, it, and it meant the end of my relationship with that first job, but it also opened another door because when I moved out here, they still hadn't replaced my role, yeah. and that's when I started consulting. Okay. So I started a, a side gig, started consulting, and I was consulting for them. Yeah. And as I was moving across, driving across, I actually stopped in Halifax um, for a few days just because I know a few people in the East Coast, and some of them are in Halifax. And one of them was an old coworker of mine from that original startup. Okay. He was working on a new startup. It was like, oh, like you, you don't have work right now? Like, yeah. come talk to my CEO. And this company is very small at this point. It's like nine people, I think, at the time. Yeah. So when I talked to the CEO, he was happy with what he heard. And he's like, yeah, come on in. You know, it's like, we'd be happy to have you. So I interviewed and basically got the job as I was coming across. So I had something that set me up while I was here. Fast forward a little bit, worked with them, learned the business to business side of marketing. At first it was a consumer business. Yeah. So now I had to learn like the how to actually market to businesses and understand all the decision makers, create crafting a message for all of the various people, longer sales cycles, all of these challenges essentially. Um, so I learned that there. Then I decided, you know, I'm really focused on the growth aspect of the demand generation. Some people actually think like demand generation first, and then growth marketing is oh, a subset. people that don't know what demand generation is, what, what uh, is demand generation? Oh yeah, that should probably, you know, I'm doing that marketing thing where everybody <laughs> knows everything. <laughs> demand generation is essentially all, any and all activities that create demand for your product. Um, so for 
for some businesses that might be Facebook advertising, you know, mm. for other businesses it might be an SEO play or it could be like a content specific play by providing value to them first. There's lots of different tactics depending on the business. Um, but yeah, so demand generation can be considered a subsect of growth depending on how you think about growth. Mm. But growth can also be considered a subsect of demand generation. Okay. Um, just so I can clear what I was trying to say earlier. Um, but I, I realized that the growth part was what I was really interested in is like experimenting, trying new channels, mm. figuring things out. You know, you have all the puzzle pieces on the floor. How do they all connect for it to become a new channel for you? Um, so because I realized that's what I wanted to spend my time doing and less of the managerial kind of like day-to-day -day things of like marketing, mm -hmm. um, it was time for me to move on from that second startup as well. So then I joined this third one where I joined as a growth manager, but through some changes that happened, um, Throughout the, the time that I've been there, I ended up um, getting promoted into ABM manager role. So now I'm looking after this channel. It's a, a brand new experiment for me. I'm still learning. It's the yeah. same situation as it was the, like five years ago when I got yeah. started on this journey. But yeah, trying to figure this out step by step. But yeah, that's how I landed at ABM. That, of, that's such a cool story, it, it's though. A, it's a windy road. But we From engineer into <laughs> to um, ABM yeah. marketing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed. Yeah. This is where it would end up. Um, I, I guess, what do you think helped you, though, to like, you know, make that transition? Would you say desire, yeah. like, flexibility, what would it be? That first one was definitely flexibility. So yeah. I did a bunch of work terms as an engineer, and I saw like, various managers, managers of my managers. I saw their lives, and I realized I wasn't you know, jealous of that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. want that life. And so I, I just realized they weren't that they weren't living that flexible a life, especially when I was in the oil sands. Mm. It's like twelve-hour days. Um, you're doing the same thing pretty much all day, every day. It, it just didn't sit right with me. I just couldn't envision myself spending thirty years doing that, um, chasing promotions to just yeah. become somebody that you don't really want to be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, it, it that actually helped me make that leap a little bit. Is knowing that I didn't want this path. Yeah. Let me try something brand new. Okay. And I was I was happy to roll the dice a little bit. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, yeah. ooh, my career has been very careers. Yeah. I've had multiple <laughs> careers at this point. Yep. <laughs> it initially, what I'm doing right now, funny enough, yeah. is what I started my career with, and but I didn't know it at the time. Uh, Okay, that's interesting. How are you gonna <laughs> what tie what this a way up? to start? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, this is Ola, uh, yeah. and that was Mark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for people that don't know our voices yet. Yeah, should have maybe introduced uh, myself before I went into the story. Yeah, no worries. Um, you know, we, we'll we'll figure we're figuring this out. We are jumping out of a plane while we, building a parachute. We're doing the same thing again. <laughs> that's what we're doing again, man. Uh, you know, we'll figure it out. You grow with us uh, as yeah. you're listening to this. You yeah. know. Uh, you can give us your feedback, you know, yeah, tell us what we're messing up, what we can do better. Yeah, what, what uh, makes this an easier listening experience, you know? Exactly. We, we want this to be a growth journey. Uh, as much as we're sharing our, you know, what we've done to get to this point, we're also trying to grow to the place that we're getting into the future. This still feels so like the foundation. We're yeah. still at the beginning. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Day one. Um, so for my story, my story, yeah, I when I finished high school. I finished high school at 17 and at that time I was in Nigeria and all of my options were to school in well in universities in Nigeria. Yeah. I used to spend my summers in the UK yeah. but I didn't want to go to university there. At the time I found my family in the UK a bit controlling. Yeah. Someday if you're listening to this um, <laughs> we're cool now but at the time <laughs> I yeah. found it controlling and I didn't like that, so yeah. I stayed in Nigeria. Yeah. But I didn't like any of the universities. I did uh, entrance examinations. I pretty much didn't even study for any of them. Yeah. I didn't care about passing. Yeah. Somehow I managed to still pass for a couple of them. Yeah. They, I got an admission. Yeah. I refused to go. Wow. Uh, I was just home, just doing my thing. Yeah. Um, so I used to save a lot of money and I don't know why, but for some reason, uh, I've all well, no, I don't know. I've always been into computers, like since I was young. Uh, when I was using like VTech computers, yeah. I was always be uh, VTech. VTech they're mean? like toy computers. Okay. So they look like real ones, but they are just they're toys. Okay. So yeah. I used to have those. Um, anytime 
I go to like people's houses and their computers are having issues, yeah. I would just go and fix it. Even yeah. though before we even had computers my, at my house, I was just that person yeah, that was it. always like, I when you find me bored, Nigeria the power goes out a lot. Yeah. So the way I spent my time was I will just be in some room with some electronic, yeah. just, just open, it, open up. it up and fixing Let's it, see what's going mixing on. things together. Like I'll mix a freaking fan with yeah. uh, with AC. Like I, I used to do crazy stuff. Yeah. So I'll be the one to break it because yeah. I'm doing experiments and yeah. I would also fix it. Yeah. So I was the Mr. Fix-It guy. Bob yeah. the Builder was like my favorite cartoon because yeah. uh, yeah. he, he fixes things. You were resonating with Bob. Yeah, so that was, that was what I was. Um, and then I bought a bunch of software like Photoshop, Maya, Autodesk, um, music softwares, yeah. Goldwave. Um, Fruity Loops? Fruity Loops, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, I got a funny Fruity Loops story. We'll get into that when we do music because yeah. that was how my music journey started. Yeah. But Fruity Loops was a big one as well. Yeah, so uh, Goldwave. So I actually, when I spent my summers in the UK, I'll use Goldwave to convert music yep. and then send it to my phone. So that was how I got music on my phone then. And eventually, I just became very obsessed with softwares and playing with them. There was no goal or purpose. Yep. So from that, I ended up teaching, very becoming good at Photoshop. Yep. I ended up teaching people how to well, use Photoshop. Okay, I, uh, I became good at the music editing software. Yep. I wasn't making music yet, but just knowing how to manipulate sounds yep. and edit and cut and all that stuff. Yep. So I was good at that. And then uh, the Fruity Loops journey started where uh, I will tell the story someday, the full story, but yeah. pretty much I got into Fruity Loops yeah. and then I started making music yeah. and all my friends would be at my house, would just be playing with Fruity Loops. Yeah. And yeah, that was what I was doing, uh, just making music. So when did you get that computer that you were using for Fruity Loops? Uh, oh yeah, at some point my mom got uh, got a proper computer, yeah, <laughs> so not VTech. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, some, at some point my mom got me a proper computer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I used to just play with computers, and the reason why it's so valuable is because my job, a lot of my job now, you know, is design and do research on software, and I do consulting for tools and things like that. Like I'm pretty much getting to do serious version of what I was doing at 17, which is wild. Yeah. But in between that, um, the my story about I came to Canada is something we'll do as well. Yep. But I ended up going to Canada yeah. to study computer science and because uh, I was always been I was always a science student in in uh, in school. Yeah. In Nigeria they divide you into business, art or science. Yep. So I was always a science student. So I moved to Newfoundland um, and I told people I was wanted to study computer science and they were all like laughing like, oh, Nigerians uh, don't do, n Africans don't do computer, computer science. science. Like, what <laughs> do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. uh, so that was Hating. not encouraging mm -hmm. for a 17 year old going to 18 at the time. Yeah. Um, then I was in this new world where I was free for the first time. Remember, I wasn't free in the UK. Yep. And in Nigeria, my mom was also, you know, yeah. I was sheltered. Yeah. yeah, so I was 17 in this new place, doing my own thing. Yeah. So I was doing computer science, yeah. but also then I picked up DJing, because yeah. I was already making music. Yeah. So I, I picked up DJing, and then I started doing that. I became known as a DJ. Did they let you into the clubs being 17? Uh, Wait, how many years ago now? So that was 15 years ago, so I can't get in trouble. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I was 17. Uh, that was how I got into the club. Yeah. That was my fake ID. Yeah. My fake uh, ID was uh, DJ. Yeah, uh, that's a funny story. I, I was outside the club one time. I was trying to get in with a fake ID that yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Then I noticed that there was a DJ that walked in, yeah. and he looked younger than me. Yeah. And I had this light bulb moment where I was like, wait, I wonder, if, I wonder if anyone ever IDs a DJ. Yeah. And I was like, let's test it. Yeah. And I learned how to DJ and I went back to the club and they let me in. No problem. Yeah, man. so no one IDs the DJ. There's always a way of it. <laughs> no one. But yeah, the, um, I was doing that while my school, I was more known for like a DJ. I wasn't doing as great in school yeah. because I was always an A student my entire life, but for the first time, I was not doing as well in school. Because yeah. I don't know, I didn't know why. Yeah. But um, so I was, my first semester was, eh, it was all right. Yeah. The second semester, people had got into my head then, the whole, you know, Nigerians don't do 
Yeah. Oh, computer science. So I was like, okay, fine, maybe I'll switch to business. Yeah. I thought the reason why I wasn't doing as well was because you know it was too hard. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was it was my own fault. Yeah. So I switched to business, and then I started doing business. Yeah. And while I was doing business, my family, my mom was having money issues back home. Yeah. So all of the funds were no longer coming in, so yeah. I had to figure out my own way. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess that was something to fix. Yeah. So I was not a businessman. I was nothing. I was not entrepreneurial. Like everything I did up to that point, I gave people for free. People would offer to pay me money and I would not, you know, take money. I didn't, I was not a business person. Yeah. But I had to find a way to, to make money. I used to like sell used books in the university. Uh, like I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take, it was like an arbitrage. I didn't know the meaning at the time, but yeah. that was what I was doing. Yeah. I'll take like books from like this corner of the university that like, no one ever goes to. And I mean like literally, I've been there for like two, three hours before reading, yeah. no yeah. one came there. Yeah. And then I'll take the book and put it on the internet on yeah. Kijiji where everyone is looking for these books. Yeah. And then I was making like easy 200 bucks a week. Yeah, wow. And it was, yeah, so that was like my first gig. Yeah. Then I would buy stuff on the internet and then I will customize it a little bit, fix stuff, resell it again. Mm -hmm. So I started doing a lot of that. I My business class, once again, I was still DJing at this point. Yep. So I wasn't doing that well. Yeah. However, there was this class, uh, entrepreneurship yeah. and marketing. Those were two classes that I did really well with very little effort. Yeah. Like I was still not caring as much. It just clicked easily. Yeah, yeah. For, I started the entrepreneurship class. I remember uh, it was a group project. All semester, we I was working with this group of students, yeah. and they decided that our idea would be well. We needed to present an idea, just like you did for your group yeah. project as well. Yeah. And our idea was like to start a hot hot pots business. Yeah. Now it's everywhere, especially in Vancouver. Yeah. But this was in 2008 in Newfoundland. It yeah. was not anything. Not, yeah. Nothing at all. So no, no we decided to do that, and I wasn't really into that business, but you know I contributed. Yeah. The team was very good. On presentation day, we ended up presenting this idea, yep. and we were the last group to present. Yep. And two groups went before us with the exact same idea. Wow! And <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. And this was at this point, I wasn't a clear speaker. I was shy. Yep. I, I didn't speak. I, like the, I wasn't supposed to speak for the group. Yep. I was supposed to be the guy that just stays there, nods his head, yes. and just smile. <laughs> so I ended up yeah just being there so we were supposed to present and the girl I was supposed to lead she started crying and then I looked at the other members of the group they all looked scared and I don't know what <laughs> happened but I've never spoke to anyone in that class on uh, except my group yes and I just like went up front and I just like hey as you can all, all tell you know there are other groups they already presented the same idea, but here's a little twist. Yeah. Then I was like, it's not about the idea. At this point, this is a commodity. Yeah. It's about our customer service. It's about yeah. location. It's, it's about, about this, about that. So I started, I didn't pitch our idea. Yeah. I just went straight to our differentiator. Yeah. I was like, you already this, know. I was like, this is how we're innovating. This is how, and everyone started like clapping and stuff. Yeah. And I was, I didn't, it didn't click into my head till then. I was yeah. like, okay, this is interesting. And I was going into the finals because we had individual parts of that project as well. Yeah. I was going through the finals with, at most, if I'd got 100, yeah. I'd have got 70 in that course. Yeah. Like, at most. Yeah. I ended up with a 95. Wow. And then yeah. I ended up going in the summer to talk to a professor. Mm -hmm. I was like, why? He was like, he had never like seen that kind of turnaround. Yeah, he, yeah. he was like, he knew, he knew all what we we're going to present. Yeah. So he said all week. Yeah. He had been laughing, like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> funny. Yeah, like, this is three groups presenting the same thing. <laughs> then he was like, he had no idea how that got turned around. Like, yeah. wow. Like, he was, he was impressed. Yeah. So I still didn't think I would do entrepreneurship or anything. Mm. So I, I was, you know, doing business. I ended up stumbling into accounting class, and I hated accounting. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> once again, I switched. I was like, I'm just going to go back to computer science. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So back to computer science, it, it was. Okay, so you did the switch. I was switch switching back and forth. I ended up just doing double major. Uh, later on, they introduced double, yeah. yeah. So that was good. But in between, I was applying for jobs. I I did a bunch of jobs. We'll have an episode where we'll talk about all of the crazy jobs I've done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I in between, I ended up working. Um, I ended up applying for TD Bank. Yeah. So I did like multiple rounds of interviews. Mm -hmm. I kept applying, 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 and they, sorry, I applied for different banks. They didn't call me back. Yep. I applied for TD Bank. 
they I did multiple interviews and then they kept promising or they made it sound like I was gonna get a job and it was, yeah and eventually I didn't get a job and yeah yeah it, it was very sad I did yeah. like six seven rounds of interviews and they didn't even yeah. tell me an email they didn't even give me an a notification. I had to follow up like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And they're like, oh, sorry, we went with someone else. Oh, I was wow, so man. upset that day. Seven, two, man. Like, I was so upset that day. I was just like, ah, this is, uh, I just don't want to even work for anyone anymore at this point. Yeah. I just want to do my own thing. Yeah. So um, I have this friend who was like a mentor for my computer science. He was always like giving me his notes. Yeah. We were always brainstorming ideas. Yeah. We actually tried to start a business before. Yeah. We called it like Point Up or something yeah. like that. And yeah. it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, but we wrote down some concepts. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just going uh, to my notes yep. of ideas and I was just like, oh, point up, this is interesting. Yep. So then I, fle I fleshed out the idea a little bit and then I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, hey, I, I'm going to work on this. Like, this is gonna be my project. Yep. She's like, oh, like a business? I was like, I don't know, but I, I, at this point, I just want to focus my energy on just doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. So that same night, I created the wireframes, wrote down the, all the ideas I have for it. Yep. And then I went to my friend, the one who we had already been brainstorming idea. Then I told him, he's like, wow, this is cool. Like, let's, I want to work on this with you. Yep. So right away, he became my co-founder. Yep. We started working on that. Yeah. Then he he's like super smart, so he like code, he was a better coder than I, I ever will be. <laughs> and he created like of you know the ideas I had pretty much he created like a first version it wasn't working well but it was enough to like get me excited I was like wow this is becoming a real thing yeah and then I took that to like one of my friends who was like very good with like branding yep and then he he was like you should go pitch this to the startup community yep. like this I didn't know anything about the startup community yep. in at the time mm -hmm. and he was like this is a great idea like people would like it um, so I ended up going to this place called common ground yeah i applied and shout out common ground yeah and luckily for me two weeks from then was when they had their um events for anyways i won't i, I can't remember the name now so I'm not gonna talk. <laughs> they had an event where you'd have to pitch and you'd be part of the court for the summer where yeah. um they uh, propel that's what it's called uh, propel yeah, propel, ICT yeah, propel yeah. ICT so we were the first scored like well. the very first scored of that yeah, as well that's interesting yeah. yeah so I ended up going there um, that was the, my where my public speaking started yep we were supposed to pitch our ideas mm -hmm. and uh, well we did the propel meeting in the morning mm -hmm. where you talk to the investors and mentors yep. and they see if your business makes sense mm -hmm. uh, so yeah the talk went well but my business then like it wasn't like great yeah. it was very raw yeah. but when i did the pitch later in the evening for another event but that it was still the same community yeah. i completely blacked out or blanked out i forgot what i wanted to say it was terrible performance yeah. but eventually when i got speaking you know people ask a bunch of questions that ended up formulating my ideas yeah. but on the fly i was like taking the feedback and then like improving on it yeah. so anyways the pitch was bad but when I went home, I was like so sad and tired. I didn't want to do this. I expected like, oh, this was, today was a failure. I yeah. messed up in the morning. I messed up in the evening. I'm just giving up on this. Yeah. Next day, I got an email from one of the people. It was like, hey, Ola, bad performance yesterday. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Your ideas, uh, your idea also seemed like uh, there's, it's not quite good yet, yeah. but no worries. Um, we think we like you. You seem like, you know, like a smart dude. Yeah. And we feel like there's something that, that we can develop. Yep. And he was like, yeah, are you when, when can you meet me? And then I had a meeting. I don't want to mention his name now, but maybe we'll mention his name. I had a meeting with him and yeah, he was just like, yeah, you're cool. Like, uh, you know, as long as you're coachable, you know, I would, you know, mentor you, blah, blah. Yep. And then that was it. And he became like my mentor for startup. Yep. And I ended up getting uh, accepted into Propel. Yep. Uh, but later yeah. on, I found out that someone else dropped out. So I don't know if I got in because someone dropped out or actually got in. Yeah. Either way, uh, Either way you were I got in. There, in. Man. Knowing what I know now, I have no. I, I love those people now because yeah. I have no idea how I was ever, you know, yeah. in that. Because my it was just we're so naive. Yeah. But you know, we I worked on the business. We were not making any money at this point. Yeah. But the app was going well. We're starting to get traction. People were excited they were downloading uh, they were putting their email addresses and everything yep. so at least we thought we had traction you know it was fake traction but yep. it wasn't fake but it was not now knowing what i know now it was not real traction mm -hmm. um 
I was working as an insurance agent Same time. on the side on the, on the time. I was just at this party with my friend and his coworkers, and they really liked me. His bosses really liked me. They was like, dude, you should come work for us. You're yeah. so good with people. Yeah. And I ended up working insurance. The worst job of my life. <laughs> I was not good at it because uh, insurance what, what is very is scripted. You have to say precise. What kind of insurance? Uh, life insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you uh, on the phones? Were you talking to people? You talk on the phone to book the appointment, yep. and then you actually go into the um, people's home. You travel around yeah. the province to oh, wow, to go yeah. to people's home. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I ended up doing that, and I hated it. Uh, I didn't like the old script scripted thing. Yep. Uh, the week where I actually didn't go with my the person that was training me, where I just freestyled. I was just like, I'm not doing the script. I'm yep. just gonna do my own thing. Uh, every appointment that I went to that week, I, I made sales. Yeah. So I was like, this is, anyways, I just didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Ended up doing the business, working on it, you know. I was working business full time. I was working insurance full time. I was working like crazy. Wow. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was wild times. But yeah, eventually the business just wasn't reaching where it was supposed to reach. Um, so I, I, we had to shut it down. Yeah. And so after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was still launching a bunch of uh, projects on the side mm -hmm. and driving a taxi uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, while I was driving the taxi, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me yeah. because while I was driving the taxi, I was um, talking to a lot of people, lawyers, mm -hmm. doctors, engineers, trying to understand what people do, what they like about their job, what they don't like. Yeah. So I was learning so much about uh, different career options. Mm -hmm. and. Um, Eventually, I decided, okay, I'm, tech is the way, you know, yeah. I, I, I have to do, go back into tech. Yeah. Even though my mentor has been telling me the entire time, and he was like, oh, like, you're creative, like, just go get another job at a tech company, yeah. or like, you're entrepreneur, I, I didn't, I wasn't really listening. Yeah. I was listening, but I didn't really believe him. Yeah. So anyways, eventually I stopped driving the cab, I, was t I took a part-time job at a restaurant, just so I can be able to, you know, make a living at least yep. while I figure out the next thing. Yep. And then one day randomly, I just had this feeling to email someone that I knew when I was at Propel. Yep. So uh, this, well, I can say, you know, Joe from Aorca, we, yep. we, like we, had been, we became friends when I was in Propel. He was actually working in a similar idea to what I had. Yeah. And then someone told me to go talk to him, yeah. that oh, okay. he might have some ideas to share with me. Yeah. So that's how we became friends. So I, I asked him, you know questions and yeah. he, he became like a sort of a mentor to me as well yep. and but then I would like we'll go to events together I'll give them rides and yep. so we became really good friends yep. and yeah I just emailed Joe I was like hey I don't know what I can do for you but um, I you know I'm able to do different roles so yep. whatever you need CS uh, marketing whatever just I will fill in the blanks yep and he was like oh I don't we don't have any opening right now, but I'll let you know if something comes up. And yeah, so that didn't happen. I was sad, I was disappointed. And then like two months later, the same, I had that feeling again. I was like, let me just message Joe and see what's up. And he was like, oh my God, great thing you messaged. Like we're actually looking for someone in the CS right now. Yeah. Uh, if you can send your resume to Jacob. And I was like, oh cool, let's do it. Yeah. So I ended up sending my resume to, to Jacob. And yeah, I ended up joining the company in CS. Yeah. Up to this point, I'd been on the product side of things because yeah. when we had my company, yeah. we didn't even talk to customers really. Yeah. Like we thought we knew, yeah. like Wait, what to solve. Yeah, it, yeah, now I know it's ego, but at the time, or ego and naivety. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't know. But we're just like, ah, we don't need to do research, blah blah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, oh, that was actually what led me to gravitate towards CS roles because yeah. I realized how bad that was. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I needed to understand customers. Yeah. But I went to extreme. So at that time, I thought I needed to, to do like customer support, customers, yeah. um, I, uh, account management, and other stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize that all I needed was user research. Yeah, and which, like spent time having conversations. Yeah. Conversations. Once again, I didn't know. Yeah. So I was just there. I ended up, you know, moving from support to account management. I, I, I grew up quickly in that career. So when I, but I already had it in my mind that I was only gonna stay in Newfoundland at that point for like a year and a half. Yeah. I wanted to move to Vancouver. Yeah. So towards the end of the year, like November, uh, I ended up actually getting a promotion. Yeah. And I, I had a conversation about negotiation at the time. Yeah. It didn't go as well. Yeah. And Joe mentioned, you know, um, 
in other provinces, you you know, you probably get more because that's just how things are. Yep. So right away, that was like uh, interesting. Yep. The gap between Newfoundland and the other provinces like Vancouver, yep. um, the salary was a lot more yep. than the difference in the cost of living. So yep. either way, I would still make more if yep. I moved. Yep. So I was like, interesting. But I'd already planned to move, so but I was still thinking I would stay at the company at the time. Yeah. Yep. But I ended up going yeah, to Nigeria. Similar. Yeah. I ended up going to Nigeria for the first time in 10 years at that point. Yep. So I was able to see like, you know, how the uh, economy, family, how everyone is doing. Yep. And yeah, that just made me awaken like a sense of purpose. Yep. I was like, I can't, you know, I need to, I need to do better. I need yep. to push myself as much as possible. I have this opportunity to make something of myself. Yep. So then I came back to Newfoundland and I had the conversation where I was like, hey, I'm moving to Vancouver. Yep. Is that what anything, can I still keep working? And it was like, no, they, they're not remote friendly. Yep. They can't do that. Yep. So I had to quit on the spot. Yep. Not quit, but like, yeah, quit, I guess. Yeah. So I had to quit. Yep. So that sucked at the time, but you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't afraid for some reason. Yep. So I ended up moving to Vancouver without yep. a job, without anything. And uh, when I got here, I had only one friend, Pablo. Yeah. And um, and yeah, he was asking, so what's the plan? I was like, I only have one goal, get a job, <laughs> nothing else. I'm not trying to make friends yet. I'm yeah. not trying to do anything. Yeah. All I'm trying to do is just get a job. Yeah. So I was applying like crazy, like 60 jobs a day, like just, Damn, yeah. yeah. I had like on the grind. 20 different variations of my resume. Like I tried to make it as customized as possible. Um, I had Notion set up. I had Notion as my dream company to work for. Yeah. I had uh, Shopify, yeah. um, and I, I can't remember. Oh yeah, then one of the things I I was curious about Moz uh, about. I said I wanted to work for and uh, for a company that allows me to learn yeah. marketing organically. Because when I had the company, one of the reasons it failed was we just didn't have enough money to like yeah. pump into it. Yeah. So I wanted to know how to do things organically. Yeah. So I ended up applying for. Um, different roles that were customer related. Yep. And the role that Moz had was actually something that I did like 10% of my job at Aircare. Yeah. But anyways, I still applied anyways. I went to my interview. I didn't know SEO yeah. at the time. Yeah. I didn't know. By the way, Moz is an SEO company. Yeah, SEO, <laughs> yeah, SEO software. Yeah. I didn't know anything about SEO, search engine optimization. I didn't know anything about the role. I knew it, but not, you know, I wasn't like super experienced. But you know the interview went well. I ended up having multiple options for jobs. I had like five offers on the table. Yeah. Um, wow. With different like I had to counter a bunch of times. Yeah. But I always had Moz at the top of my mind because it was more aligned with my but goals. You to I wanted at the to. Time. Yeah. So I ended up just um, yeah I ended up picking Moz and before I left Eorca, I would go back a little bit. Before I left Eorca, when Joe and I we, had, we actually had an exit interview. Yeah. And he was asking me, so like, you know, I know you don't want to stay in CS forever. Like, what's the next move? I said, I don't know, but I just, I don't know. It was like, if you could pick one thing, like, what would it be? I said, I don't know, but I'm really curious to see how user research is. Yeah. It was like, and that was a conversation. That was, I never considered that. Yeah. Then at Mars, I ended up doing the customer thing. Then I realized that, you know, it's not the, I was too empathetic for the customers yeah. for that role. Because yeah. I wanted to, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. I was listening to people's complaints and yeah. issues they had with us, and I just wanted to solve it. Yeah. So I ended up just um, gravitating, I wanted to gravitate towards uh, product. Yep. So I reached out to the product uh, uh, director at the time and asked, you know, what, if they had anything. And she said they didn't, but I should talk to someone else in UX, uh, the UX manager. Mm -hmm. So then I reached out and she was like, oh yeah, we we don't have anything right now, but we actually have this challenge. You know, we need to, we need help with like tagging our feedback and all these things. You can help us do that. Yeah. So I ended up doing like, so that was UX, mm -hmm. uh, user research. I ended up, you know, with it, helping with the tagging half and half. Yep. And then over time I transitioned from that yeah. to fully. Yeah, I became, yeah, then I became a user researcher, which remember, that was what Joe, <laughs> that was why I told said, Joe. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it until that minute. I was like, wait, like, this is crazy. That yeah. actually happened. It worked out. Yeah. And then by knowing, you know, being in the SEO industry, yeah. being empathetic about our customers. So what happened is our customers would, when I did onboarding, they would ask me a question or want to do something and I would not know the answer. Yeah. So I would go and I'll spend I'll hours after work and figure it out. So after a while, I had this repository of like knowledge and 
resources and everything. Yep. And yeah, randomly I just became like in quotes an SEO expert. Yeah. And uh, eventually, like the company Mars kind of knew that uh, there's the whole pandemic happened and yeah. clubhouse and I was sharing my knowledge and all of that stuff which I'm fast forwarding right now <laughs> yeah I ended up um, being known as you know knowledgeable with SEO yeah so I, I was be, I was being asked to like host mask on to uh, present our whiteboard Fridays yeah. to do a bunch of different things yeah. so yeah so now getting more speaking engagements get in front of people yeah exactly building your, your personal brand a bit more yeah yeah so that's how I got to this point. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of like turning points. <laughs> which which one do you think was like the most influential one? Is like the biggest switch where you where you were on one path and I could put you on a whole other path. The TD Bank one for sure, because yeah. that I want I when I was interviewing for that job, that was I had to look professional and wear suits and all that stuff. So yeah. the DJ persona was already like yeah. going away. But then when I didn't get a job and I had to create, I wanted to create my own company. Yep. In order to focus on the company, I wasn't DJing anymore. Yep. I wasn't in the same scenes anymore. So my personality changed yep. literally overnight that summer. Yep. So yeah, thanks TD. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for showing us the way, TD. Yeah, they, they forced me. It was, it was a life-changing moment. It was yep. like a wake up. like. Isn't it crazy in situations like that where it seems like everything is going south, but it's actually like just pushing you or putting you in that position to take the, the next step that you would? But at the time when you're in it, you're like, everything is falling apart. Yeah. But it has to all fall apart so that you can almost like build a new. But it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how else I would have. I mean, maybe I would have figured it out eventually because now it makes sense. And you now I told you the old story of, you know, I used to tinker and do all these things. Yeah. Like, that's like what I do at Mars right now. I'm like, you know, we have a problem. I figure things out. Like, my role is user research, but I do a bunch of things that's <laughs> that are not like on, even on my job description. Yeah. It's so, it's, to me, I feel like I'm 17 again in yeah. terms of waking up, you know, going, logging into the computer. Stuff yeah, like. I just feel like I'm 17. The difference is I'm just getting paycheck where I wasn't <laughs> yeah. at 17. Man, that's yeah, that's a that was a windy story, man. It's similar. It's crazy how like some of the stories had some similarities in them yeah. as well. Um, that the situation with remote, low key, was another turning point that probably worked out for the best for us. Cause like oh, when yeah. you, if we were trying to live on those early wages now, yeah. <laughs> so difficult to get by. Oh yeah, yeah. That wouldn't that wouldn't work. And they say your biggest jumps are when you move company. So like you have to move company every now and then, in order to actually make like keep up with the the cost of everything that's going up. Yeah. If you stay at the same company, you're probably doing yourself a disservice over long term. But I always say like, if you're at a company, and you're asking yourself whether or not you should take the next step. Like, examine the the pay, mm. if that's good or not, and examine whether or not you're learning. If you're not getting paid enough and you're not learning, it's time to go. Those are very two good important factors, but it depends on the person, yeah. your strategy. It might not be money sometimes, it might not even be learnings, yeah. it might be connections, yeah, that's it might true. be visibility. Yeah, like this. yeah it's true, that's true. That's There's true. so many, but yeah, you have to be strategic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you consider those options, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways. I didn't actually talk about the male wood cup stuff, but, yeah. and, um, there was a bunch of things that happened, a lot of exciting opportunities. Yeah. We'll have an episode one time where we we'll talk about, you know, um, just being opportunistic, you know, yeah. taking advantage of opportunities that present themselves. Yeah. Because uh, I, I know I wouldn't be here without that mindset. Yeah. If, if I stuck to my original script. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, that. yeah. I had to, I had to switch. You did the same, you know, yeah. you, you had to switch. You it, man. You see what's out there, you see what's possible. And then you rewrite it. The thing is, like, you usually get started on a path looking at somebody who's already done that path. Yeah. And it may not be the the right path for this time going forward. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you could maybe see somebody who's you know far into their engineering journey and all of these things, and it looks attractive. Mm. That doesn't mean it's the right thing for you to be doing at this particular time. Maybe it was right timing for right. that person when they were in a similar situation as you now. Yeah. But things change so quickly man. and that's part of you learn even more of that when you get into the world of tech like things 
move are constantly moving targets. Yeah. So you need to just be able to be nimble, see the opportunities like you're saying, and then take them when, when it makes sense, and drop the distractions when they they don't make sense, and you just keep going through the, the same decision making process. Like for me, it's almost yearly. It's like, is is this still the right path? Like ask yourself. Yeah. And then look around you and see if this is the environment that you should be in at the time. For those factors, you know, some of the ones that you mentioned as well, evaluate those for yourself, whatever is important. Yeah. And if you're still in line with all of the things that you find are important, good, like stay, keep learning and doing whatever it is that you're doing. If you're no longer aligned with the environment that you're in, it's time to make a shift. No, I, I, I totally agree, man. And I mentioned uh, with a taxi job, you know, it made, you re made me realize that not all that glitters is gold. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have, you know, on paper, the best jobs, the best lives. You talk to them and that's not the case. They're just not so, happy. You know? Yeah, so just find what works for you, what feels what feels right. Because, you know, me joining AOCAR was a downgrade technically because I was like CEO of my own company. Yeah. And then I went to like literally the bottom of the, of the company. Yeah. But I didn't see it that way. Yeah. I, you know, if you give like twenty dollars in Nigeria, yeah. in the middle of a village in Nigeria, yeah. it would not be valued as much because you can't spend the twenty dollars. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean twenty dollars is still it's not valuable. Exactly right. Man. So for me, I at a, I wasn't valued in that environment. Yeah. But that was not what I was doing it for. Yeah. I just needed a job yeah. for an, a year and a half, yeah. so I can move on, to, you know, to Make the path that I wanted step. to be on. Yeah. yeah. And it worked out for me. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that was the summary of our story so far. This is how we got here. The, um, yeah, the career episode. We'll talk a little bit more about like how we got to Canada. Those are some interesting stories as well. The struggle yeah. of like actually getting to the country. Yeah. Because that's always an interesting. And I haven't heard yours one yet. I knew a little bit about the career story, so I'm excited to talk to you about like how you actually got to Canada. And, oh, like, yeah. Uh, all of the loopholes you had to jump through in order to make it happen. I know I, I had a few of my own, so I look forward to sharing that. Yeah. And that was our episode. We will catch you in the next one. Yeah. All right. Peace. <laughs>